Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We bless you this morning, Lord. Oh, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. Has anybody found him worthy of your praise? Worthy of your worship? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated for a moment. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Um, the service was beginning, and I, I never have been able to keep up with the exact date that I received the Holy Ghost, but it was uh, the weekend, the Sunday night, which would be this 21 years ago, this weekend, and uh, that in a Sunday night service, uh, Brother Gibson came over, and uh, either I was going to receive it or he was going to give it to me one. He had laid his hands on my stomach there and was praying out of his belly, shall flow rivers of living water. Brother Gibson, I got it 21 years ago. But I still got it. I found him to be sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Amen. I'm, uh, if you're looking for a complaint, you won't find one from me today. No murmuring here. I'm grateful. I'm blessed. I, and God's been good to me. And, and I enjoy I enjoy living for him. I, I don't know why I struggle with uh, why he is so good to me. Um, but I'm, I'm grateful to be in his house, grateful to know all of you, grateful to be here, um, grateful to be in his presence, grateful for the friendship we have with you, and, and just what an honor to be able to be amongst friends and, and to worship the Lord. I'm, I'm blessed, and I feel bad because I'm invited here to preach, and, and, and I feel like I gained so much more than, than what I'm able to give, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask my wife if she would to come, and, and uh, she's going to um, bless you this morning. I appreciate her uh, so, so very much. And and uh, I wish we were closer. I really do. So you could see firsthand the, the outstanding helpmate she is to me, the outstanding leader of women that she is in our church, and, and above all, what a, a great mom she is to our, our three. But appreciate you. And come and leave a word if you would. Praise the Lord. It is so, so good to be in the house of the Lord today. It's so good to feel his presence. Such a sweet ministering presence of the Lord is in this place. And if you have come looking for something, you will find it 
if you look for it hard enough because the Lord is here to touch. He is here to deliver. He is here to heal. I'm so thankful that's the kind of God that I serve. I'm so thankful to know that whatever I have need of, he is more than capable of meeting it. There are times that my children may come to me and I may not exactly know how to fix something they need fixing. I may not really have the answer to the question that they're asking me, but I serve a God that has all the answers and he knows how to fix anything. I serve a God that there is nothing too broken that he cannot fix. God is good. I'm so thankful that I have mercy from him that is new every morning. He keeps us day by day. I was thinking earlier this morning about that old song we used to sing a long time ago that said, only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Only he can give you that peace that you need that surpasses all understanding. God is so good. He is worthy of more praise than I could ever probably be able to give him. He keeps us. He watches over us. He protects us and he guides. We're just so delighted to be in in service today. So delighted to be able to spend time with my family. We uh, celebrated my dad's birthday a little early yesterday afternoon. And I was thinking as we were all sitting around in the living room talking and just reminiscing and having a good old time, I thought, God, I'm so thankful that you blessed me with a godly family. So thankful for a, for a dad who stood for truth, who led his family to church. My sister and I were talking, my mom and Mackenzie had ran into a store and we were talking and we were talking about, you know, we grew up when revivals were two and three weeks long at a time. And, you know, we were, we were talking about when we were kids, we didn't get off the school bus and ask mom, are we coming to church tonight? We just asked what time do we need to be ready? What time are we walking out the door? But I'm thankful that we had parents that brought us up that said, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. And I'm still standing today, and I don't regret a mile. I don't regret going to, to two-week-long revivals. I don't regret ever missing church unless we had to. I'm thankful that I had parents that stood for truth, that kept us in it, that guided us along the way. And I'm still standing today, and I don't regret a mile. And I'm so thankful for that. God bless you today. Amen. You're looking at a family that if you're looking for a reason to not serve the Lord, you won't find it with us. It's still the best thing going. Serving God is the best thing that you can do. The best thing you can do this morning is just, oh, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Whether you feel like it, whether you don't, it's still the right thing to do. Amen. I appreciate what a, what a uh, powerful presence the Lord is in in this house this morning. I do give honor to uh, brother and sister Boyd, I uh, appreciate everything that they are and mean uh, to, to us. And so uh, I'm grateful for uh, the opportunity to be here. And I'm glad that he is, he's my brother and he's my friend. And, and I'm grateful for that. And and uh, y'all didn't know it, you know, what, 17, 18 years ago, y'all just kind of like adopted me in, you know. And so, but, uh, but, but I'm here for the long haul and uh, grateful for that. I was thinking... Y'all usually have two services, but every time I come and preach, it goes down to one. And I thought, do they do that for everybody? It's just like I'm long-winded, and they just say, when he comes. <laughs> so I'm going to, next time I hear about a visit, I'm going to get on the Internet, and I'm going to check this out and see. Uh, but, no, I, I joke with my wife and about coming over, and uh, Sister Adkisson years ago, when Brother Adkisson would go over an hour, she would set a songbook on the pew as a symbol to kind of wind this thing up. 
And uh, so I made sure there's no songbook on her pew. <laughs> Amen. No. If you got your Bibles with you, uh, I want to take you to the 57th Psalm. Many places I can go to, uh, to form my uh, thought for today, but I feel like just launching out from here. And I'm asking the Lord, and I hope it's okay. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, I've been in church long enough to know that there's a move of God, you know, that takes place around the front. You know, when folks get to praying, and, and every now and then, you know, it just kind of drifts over the whole sanctuary and gets past that third pew. And I'm just asking for something to sweep into this house today that will that we would leave, not, not because I convinced you, but you would leave knowing that you've been in the presence of the Lord, that something touched your soul and touched your heart. As you stand this morning, honor the word, would you just lift your hands up? Can we pray that together, that the manifest presence of God will just come in here today. God, we love you. Magnify you today. Lord, there's something so sweet and so powerful that's sitting in this house. And I pray in the name of the Lord. Let it, let it touch every heart, every soul, every body. Hallelujah. We give you all the glory, all the praise, all the honor. Oh, God, without you, it's nothing. Without you, it's just a gathering. Lord, it's your presence that makes the difference. It's the, it's the quickening. It's the unction of the Holy Ghost that changes everything. Lord, let this be an apostolic atmosphere, Lord, full of power and wonder and sign. God, let your will be done this Sunday, and we'll be mindful to give you praise for it. Amen. Amen. Psalm 57, verse 1. David is fleeing from Saul. He's in the cave, and he says, Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me. For my soul trusteth in thee, yea, in the shadow of thy wings, while I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. Until things get better, this is where I'm going to be, and this is what I'm going to be doing. Aren't you glad you know where to go? Verse 2, I will cry unto God, most high unto God, that performeth all things for me. Verse 3, he shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. My soul is among lions, and I lie even among them that are set on fire. Even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows and their tongue a sharp sword. Verse 5, be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. A man fleeing from Saul, this is the song that he's singing, be exalted. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit before me into the midst whereof they are fallen themselves. Oh, verse 7, my heart is fixed, oh God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Awake up, my glory, awake, psaltery and harp. I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations. For thy mercy is great unto the heavens and thy truth unto the clouds. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. 
I would like to just kind of form my thought for this morning to be on this subject, and that would be one thing that you cannot afford to lose. One thing that you cannot afford to lose. Uh, we can argue, and, and I don't want to say the one thing because you can say, well, I can figure out something else after you preach this that I don't need to lose, but maybe so. But I just want to speak, if I can, from my heart about one thing that we cannot afford to lose. Let's pray one more time if we can. God, we love you this morning. Lord, I feel your presence. And I pray, Lord, that you allow me to have access to hearts and souls. And, and Lord, I pray I would just hide behind the cross if it be possible and allow the Holy Ghost just to work and minister because I know that you can do in just a few moments what I cannot do in a long time. I pray, God, that you touch us, oh God, today. Help us, oh God, that we look to you, to trust you, to hold to you. Amen. We're mindful of all the glory and honor to be given to you in Jesus' name. Would you clap your hands and give God praise if you would? You can be seated. I give honor to my in-laws, the Tummins. There, there are so many people who mean so much to me here, and I, I always feel, feel like I'm forgetting someone, but I'm, I'm grateful for every prayer that you pray for us and, and how kind you are to us when we're allowed to be here. I was here in March, and uh, I, I kind of feel somewhat of the, of the same spirit. I, I feel sent. Uh, by the Lord to, to help somebody. Um, there's a scripture uh, found in the 34th chapter of Ezekiel and talks about shepherds and what I feel like the kind of shepherd the Lord wants. And uh, the prophet Ezekiel mentions four things there. And he said to search out that which is lost, to, uh, to bring back that which is driven away, uh, to bind up that which is broken and strengthen that which is sick. And I want to do that every time I come to the pulpit is to uh, God to move through me to touch a soul. And I, and I feel something uh, in my spirit uh, about this service. And, and uh, I kind of feel like I'm a broken record. And I told my wife, I feel like I'm going to say the same thing I did a few months ago. And she said, there may be a reason behind it. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell somebody that you can praise him in spite of what it looks like around you. You can praise him while fleeing from Saul. You can praise God while they're laying traps for your feet. You can praise God while they're talking about you on the left and on the right. You can praise God when you don't know what Monday's going to look like. You don't know where you are or where you're going. I've come to tell somebody, yes, you can. You can exalt my God. You can exalt him. You can magnify him. You can, my God, you can be blessed and overcome in the midst of, in the midst of difficult circumstances. I've, um, I don't know what to do, but just to pour my to a message. Um, I've had to live this one. I've had to live it. Um, This summer, I went to a, a workshop for administrators, one of those things I, did, I didn't want to go to. Anybody ever been there? And I, I fussed all the way there, thinking about things I could be doing at the school rather than doing that. 
there was a motivational speaker there, and uh, she was uh, a college basketball player years ago, and and uh, she was now an announcer for uh, ESPN Ladies Basketball, and she's kind of giving a speech to administrators from Walton and Okaloosa County, and and she told a story, and and her story is going to be what I what I preach today, or how I form my thought. It's one of those things, you know, John 1 says, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And, uh, you know, we, we know that to be speaking of the Lord, the, the Logos becoming God being manifest in flesh. But every now and then, there's a Word that will come in prayer, a Word will come in from the pulpit, and uh, you have to wear that Word. Anybody been there? You, you realize two or three weeks later, I know why Brother Boyd said that now. I know why sister so-and-so came up and whispered that in my ear because you had to chew on that word and you had to walk in that word. And so uh, I feel like that I'm going to be preaching to you what I've been living, you know, since June or July, whenever this was. Uh, she told a story about her son and how her son was uh, 12, 13 years old. And, and at that time, they had found a tumor uh, in his brain. And uh, the tumor was very delicate, a very serious situation. It had to be removed. His life was on the line. And, and the doctors gave the details of, of the surgery and told, uh, uh, told the mother that chances are after this surgery is over, uh, your son will be left blind. He could come out blind from the surgery and said there's a chance that he may not get his sight back. You know, a chance that he could, but we had to prepare for the worst. And so this mother left that consultation, and her and her son were talking about this. And and I guess it's just one of those moments that it just had to be a mother who said this. And a little boy looked to his mama, and he said, Mama, what, what could be worse than losing my sight? Without hesitation, the mother spoke, and she said, Losing your vision. I don't know if it's over in Hatchbin or not, but over where I live, there's Isaiah spoke of a spirit of heaviness. Uh, of just a spirit of despair, uh, of gloom, of, of of people battling depression, battling anxiety, of just seems, I feel like I'm talking to somebody who's loaded, who's worn, who's tired, who just feels heavy. You have no thoughts of going back. You have no thoughts of turning back. It's just a load in your life right now. It's so heavy. And I've come to tell you in the Holy Ghost, amen, that you may lose lose your sight through this you may lose your health through this you may lose a lot of physical things but I've come to tell you the one thing you cannot afford to lose don't lose your vision don't lose your hold on God don't lose your firm belief that God can that God will he was there with me yesterday he'll be with me today he will see me through friend of mine you can't afford to lose your vision Vision to us is more than just a positive outlook. Vision to us is more than just a 
a set of goals and maybe some dreams. To us, vision is a firm belief, firm belief based on a concrete understanding that we know who God is and what he desires in us and through us. Hallelujah. It's our vision that allows us to lift up our eyes unto the hills from which cometh our help. It's our vision that brings us around the altar one more time. It's the vision, hallelujah, that reaches for the bottle of oil one more time. Believe in the prayer of faith shall save the sick. It's our vision that will take a mother whose children are far away from where they should and take her to a closet of prayer and call on the name of the Lord one more time. You may, friend, be stripped of your sight, but the one thing you cannot afford to lose is your vision. You gotta wake up in the morning and realize that God can still do it. Oh, hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. Somebody say, don't lose your vision. You may lose this, you may lose that, but don't lose your vision. September 13th, we're driving home from Apopka, had a fantastic men's conference. We stopped for lunch and we're somewhere between Lake City and Gainesville, heading home on the interstate. I'm thinking every time I get to go to men's conference, I want to come back, I want to be a better husband, a better pastor, a better father. I want to, I want to be better. I want to take what's put in me. I want to do something with it. Uh, I get a call from my wife while I'm driving on the interstate, and, and lightning has struck our house, and and, uh, and we didn't know. I didn't, well, she's talking to me on the phone, and and uh, she said, Jason, things have popped, and, and uh, lights have gone off, and I thought at first it was uh, a GFI switch. Uh, a breaker had flipped, and needless to say, and, and after three seconds, I heard my wife coughing, and she said, there's black smoke coming out of her vent. And so for the next 300 miles, I have to uh, drive home with my, with my wife there. My home is on fire. We've been out of our home ever since then. Uh, our home is stripped down to its studs. I'm, I'm not trying to cry. I'm here to tell you, I know what it's like to have some things peeled off. Uh, I know what it's like to have to go to church and it not be easy to go to church. Uh, I, I know what it feels like to have to Sister Merle tell somebody it's going to be all right. Meanwhile, your life uh, is a mess. Uh, but friend, God's been teaching me something. If I'll keep walking, if I'll keep going, if I'll keep clapping, hallelujah, I may lose this, I may lose that, but don't, oh, hallelujah, you can't afford to lose your vision. I, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but vision is absolutely necessary for victory. When you lose your vision, it directly connects to your faith. No faith will very soon mean no praise. No praise means no victory, no joy, no authority. Amen. I, don't get mad at me. I was going to get real with you. It doesn't matter how many powerful prayer warriors you have in this house this morning. If you lose confidence that God can do it in your life, 
You can have all the glory, all the prayer, all the shouting, all the singing you want, but it's not going to get down in your soul. Oh, I'm going ahead somewhere. Hang on. I'm dealing with a spirit of heaviness. It's kind of like the unclean spirit mentioned in the Gospels. You can kind of praise it away for a season, but sometimes it comes back. I'm not going to look back, so I don't know if I'm meddling or not, but here I go. You have these services where it seems like, whoo, the load is off your shoulders, and you're feeling better. You feel like you pressed and prayed your way through. But after a couple of weeks, that old heaviness just comes back home. The Holy Ghost sent me here to tell you that once it goes away, you've got to put something in place to keep it from coming back. That's why the prophet Isaiah said, you put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You put it on when you feel like it. You put it on when you don't. You put it on when you got it going on and you put it on when you don't. Hallelujah. Somebody give him praise right now. Hallelujah. My God. Hallelujah. I wish I had somebody who says I may be losing my sight but I'm not going to lose my vision. I wish I had somebody last night today who said I still believe in God. I believe in his power and in his word. Oh, somebody praising. Your vision can see you through. Your vision can hold you. What could be worse? What could be worse than going through what you're having to go through right now? And that's losing your vision in the process. Hallelujah. I will tell you, the young boy came out of the surgery and he was blind. He was at that conference, however. Whew. And uh, through a lot of effort, a lot of hard work, he was able to get his sight back. He only can see, uh, he can only see straight ahead. He has no peripheral vision. He cannot see to the right or to the left. That might be good for some of us, but I'll leave that for a different day. Y'all mess with me, that pastor's going to come out in me. It would do us good just to be able to look straight ahead and not. But he was there and he was working academically. He had done well in school since all that had happened, but it took effort. But through the process, he did not lose his vision. That's what I have on my heart today. And so I feel, if I may just share with you a few things that I've learned since September and since July that's happening. And kind of tie it to Psalm 57, and, and, and I'll try not to be long. But I, wanna, I want us to do more than just pray that off of us. I want to leave you with something that will be a safeguard. Because that's what I feel in prayer. Give them some safeguards to protect their vision. 
that uh, just some things in your just to think about that just might help you when you feel like that you're losing your sight, losing this or losing that. One, according to Psalms 57, I want you to say this, don't overlook past victories. Don't overlook past victories. Say that with me, don't overlook past victories. David said, I want to talk about God that performs all things for me. I may be running for Saul, I may have these arrows and these spears, I may have these traps in front of me and behind me, but through it all, I've got a God that performs everything in my life. I know there's nobody here, but I got a bunch of folks in Westfield who what they're going through now is nothing compared to what they've already been through. But somehow your present dilemma God delivered you from this and from that. He made a miracle here and made a way there. But somehow the adversary of your soul makes it seem like the what you're going through right now is higher and, and just worse than anything that you've ever had to come up to from in your life. And friend of mine, I'm here to tell you that somewhere in your past, there's a bear, there's a lion, there's a healing, there's an answer, there's a miracle, there's a God, my Lord, who the same yesterday, today, and forever. He performed it yesterday. He performed it 20 years ago. He performed it three months ago. And I've got good news for you. If you'll let him, he'll perform it this morning. He put it, my God, he put it back together. He'll do it again. He worked it out then. He'll do it now. Oh, yes, he will. Don't forget what he's done for you. Woo! Like, listen, I turned 41. And by the way, what they say about 40 is true. Everything's blurry. Can't read, can't hardly hear. But as you can tell the same stuff over again and blame it on being 41, you know, uh, that's kind of a fun thing there. But you need to rehearse some memories. You need to keep in mind what God's already done for you. Can I just get down with you? Listen, what it took for you to even be here this morning. That God puts your family back together put your marriage back together. Some of you have got out of, of car wrecks and accidents and, and uh, injuries and calamities. You, you've been through it, but you're still here. And I've come to tell you a God that won't leave you, a God that won't forsake you, a God that won't walk out on you. I'm here to tell you, you can't afford to lose a lot of things, but don't lose your vision of what God's done for you before you got here this morning. Number one, don't, don't, let, don't overlook past victories. Number two, don't let the storm stop you. Don't let the storm stop you. He said, until these calamities be overpassed, 
He didn't put his praise on hold until it got better. Y'all miss that. I'm going to do y'all like home. Y'all can be seated. Not everybody run the same way, the same thing. But he didn't wait till things picked up to say be exalted, oh God. He said, until these calamities are over, hallelujah, you're my refuge, my shield, my buckler. I'm going to sing. I'm going to exalt you. Matter of fact, I'm going to wake up myself early is what he said. Matter of fact, he said, I'm going to sing to the Matter of my God. Matter of fact, I'm going to take it up a notch. I'm going to sing to the nations. I'm going to sing in the church house. Hallelujah. Until these calamities are over, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to magnify you. I'm going to exalt you. I know you've heard it a hundred times. Let me say it one more time. You cannot cut back on your worship in your calamities. If anything, you raise it up a notch or two. If anything, you're more determined. You, Hallelujah. You pray more. You read more. You don't cut back in the calamity. You increase it in the calamity. Now, whoo. Believe it or not, in the great city of Phoenix Springs, we have a we have an Alaskan fisherman, and uh, his he's got a son that went to school with Jordan, and and he goes to Alaska for six weeks uh, from June to uh, July, and this year he decided a while. The kids, while he's not fishing, he's a uh, sub-force at the school. And so he had been covering for one of our teachers. And I, for, I thought I would just kind of chit-chat with him about what he does. And, and he pulled out his phone and he said, let me show you a video that my boys made. He, this is from our last trip to Alaska. He didn't know, Sister the season I was going through, I don't think he knew that God was using him to minister to me. I didn't know at the time that God was ministering to me to come here to minister to you. But he showed me a video. And he, he said, this is our boat and this is what we're doing. And his boys have put some kind of music behind it. Like, I mean, like this epic. going on and, and that boat and no joke Sister Gibson I look at it and the waves are higher than the boat now I, I redneck fish I'm a brim fisherman so in my fishing calmer is better and I'm looking at that and man, they're throwing the lines out and they're throwing the net out. And I said, you fish in that. And he said, that ain't nothing. But this is what he said to preach of my soul. He said, you got to get it while you can get them. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you there's a harvest for you. Even when. Woo! 
But it's okay to be a little wild. Even when the boat is rocking, God can bless you. God can touch you. God can deliver. God can work. God can answer. He don't need smooth seas. He don't need everything to be just right to bless your soul. Oh, I wish somebody hear me. You cannot let the storms of life stop you. I feel like telling somebody today you can have revival in the least likely circumstance in the least likely situation hallelujah the waves can be over you but I'm here to tell you if God desires for you to have it you can have it if God desires to give it to you he will give it to you He went on, he went on to say, he said, I thought he's crazy. He's, man, isn't that awesome? I said, I don't know about that. He's, oh, I feel. I have so much respect for our elders. I have so much respect for the generation that was Pentecostal when it wasn't proper or cool to be Pentecostal. I hope it's okay to say this, but I think they're a whole lot tougher. Thicker hide. Thicker hide than our generation. We're so fearful. Please don't get angry, but I just got to bury my heart with you. We want everything to just be just right. But friend of mine, this apostolic church was born in turmoil. It was born in the fire. My God. It was born. It was born in the furnace. Hallelujah. And I want to tell you, when you won't see God at his best, it's when everything around you is tossing and toiling. And it seems like you're about to go under. That's when God steps in. You cannot allow the storm to stop you. Y'all got to tie my feet down. I told myself I was going to stay right here. Whew. Y'all should have been in church on Wednesday night. She said, don't do it. I was, I, me and my wife had a little illustration. And I was the flesh and she's the spirit. And we ran all over that place. Some things you got to run from. That's different. That's for six months from now. Amen. But don't let the storm stop you. I got this verse for somebody here. Mark 6 and 48. So then he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. I got this this morning in the motel room for somebody, and he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary. It not just be one man or one woman, but I feel in the Holy Ghost to tell you, he sees you and you're rowing, my God. And he told me to tell you, he's coming. Ooh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Well, oh God, I wish somebody preached to me. What, what's he going to do? I'm just going to keep on rowing. The word of God says, if I'll just keep on rowing, he's coming. He's coming. He, he's not here yet, but he's on his way. My God, you keep on rowing. He knows you're in the contrary wind, but if you'll keep rowing, I promise you, he is coming. Put your hands together and bless him. Somebody say he's coming. He's coming. You just keep rowing. He's coming. You keep pushing. He's coming. You keep on. He's coming. I got I got two things. Two more and I'm done. I was going I told you I had four, but then y'all been counting them. I've got two more, okay? And then, then I'm out of here. Through the season. Since the last time I've been here and, and through the summer about don't lose your vision, I've been on a journey about prayer and, and praise and worship in my own life. Because anybody can praise the Lord when things are well. But David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. And David, on the run from his mentor, the father of his best friend, his king, the man that he had pledged his life to serve, his father-in-law, he's fleeing from Saul. No doubt it had to be one of those moments where David felt like he was stripped of his sight. But this doesn't seem real. It doesn't seem right. But through that, he said, be exalted. Be exalted. I'm going to get up even earlier. And I want the lifting of my hands to be like the evening sacrifice. Be exalted. And so I've been learning something about praise. And a couple of weeks ago, this verse came to me. I don't have time to go to a whole lot of detail. But the, the, the tribe of Judah in the Old Testament represents praise. When Leah gave birth to Judah, she said, now I will praise the Lord. So Judah's name in the Old Testament is synonymous with praise. We understand that Jesus Christ came from the tribe of Judah, the line of the tribe of Judah. But Genesis 49 and 10. Can I, I didn't give that to you. Can you get that for me real quick? I'm sorry. Genesis 49 and 10. I, there's something here that, that is for somebody. Genesis 49 and 10, it says the scepter shall not depart from Judah. The scepter is symbolic of authority, power, dominion. Here's a phrase, though. Nor lawgiver from between his feet. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet. Now, I don't have time to take you there, but there's a couple other places in Scripture but the jury where it says Judah is my lawgiver. Now, if you're a Bible student, it makes me wonder. Because when I think about the law and the giving of the law, I think of Levi, Moses, Aaron. But more than one place, the Bible says Judah is my lawgiver. Now, I can't prove this with doctrine. 
you know, but in my little redneck mind, we got a phrase at home that says, I'm going to lay down the law. Y'all missed that. I was kind of walking with you trying to get y'all to kind of go that way. Because something happens in your kitchen when you begin to praise God. Judah, hallelujah, is your lawgiver. It begins to lay down the law. It brings the presence of authority and dominion. It tells the devil, you have not lost your mind. You have not lost your hope. You have not lost your burden. You have not lost your passion. There's something. There's something. Oh, my God. There's something this morning, hallelujah. There's something about it. Oh, God, I praise you. Oh, God, I give you glory. Oh, after a while, it'll all be over. There's something about it. When the spoken word comes out of your mouth, the fruit of your lips, giving praise to it, it begins to lay down an authority. It begins to lay down a praise. It begins to bring an atmosphere of power and of anointing. Oh, somebody praise him right now. That's why you can't lose your vision. That's why you can't afford to lose your vision. Because as long as you've got breath to praise, it says a scepter shall not depart from Judah. There's something about the authority and somebody praising God with all their heart. To me, I think it builds a fence. It builds a hedge. The enemy knows that you might have lost your sight, but you have not lost your vision. This is brand new. I was finishing my notes this morning in the room. I put this verse in there. I've read this first countless times. Never have made this connection. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor lawgiver between his feet, until Shiloh come. Shiloh coming is a prophecy regarding the arrival of Jesus Christ. Holy Ghost told me to tell somebody here, you tell them to praise me until I get there. You praise me until I get there. We got too many people who don't clap until they feel something. You don't clap until somebody else runs. I'm not afraid. You wait for somebody else to get out and do it. Then you get out there. But God is looking for somebody who will begin to praise him and don't even feel anything. Don't see anything. There's nothing there. My God, he said to tell somebody, you tell them to praise me until I get there. Shadow is coming. The Lord is on his way to your situation. Praise me, praise me, praise me until I get there. 
of you and begin to give God praise. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. He made you the head and not the tail above and not beneath. For it is God which worketh in you both the will and do of his good pleasure. You're going to make it. 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 Come on, it's not the hour to lose your vision. It's not the hour. Praise me. Praise me until I get there. Praise me until I get there. I believe that's a second witness. I'm kind of stubborn. I don't see it. Mark 6, God gave it to me before that. And he said, why are you rolling? I'm coming. And now when I felt that, I, I'm, I don't always act like this. I'm kind of crazy. I know that. But I feel like I'm sitting here to help somebody. I praise me until I get there. Praise me until I get there. Hallelujah. I'm on my, my Lord. I'm on my way. Hallelujah. I don't know who you are. I'm here for one service. But I feel like I'm a forerunner. I'm an ambassador. I've come to give somebody a word. There's one coming behind me whose shoes I'm not worthy to latch. There's one coming. There's one on his way. When this preacher gets done, the Holy Ghost is going to step in here and do something for somebody today. Praise me until I get there. I've learned a bunch. I've learned a bunch in this season, but I got one more I feel to share with you. And that the worship that comes from brokenness, the worship that comes from brokenness is precious in the sight of God. I was at church on a Wednesday night, knee deep in all this stuff. You know, I got okay at it. I didn't check that time. I'm both service today anyway, so it's all right. Listen, I'm, I'm not trying to have a pity party. I'm not. On the job, we moved this summer from our old campus to a new campus to stay there while they build us a new school. So on my secular job, I got my hands on a $30 million school being built. Been promoted from the assistant principal to the principal. You know, so I got plenty to do there. Then, that the church is still doing good. We're growing and trying to get a building built there. I didn't realize how close I was to being crazy. And until someone came up to me and they said, how do you do it? You're, you're building this school. And you're building a church, and now your house is on fire. You know? Thanks. Thanks. I was doing good because I was in denial. <laughs> Not anymore. So, whew. So, so I'm not just here pulling a mess out of a briefcase. I'm walking in this. I'm living it 
But it's a Wednesday night. One of those Wednesday nights where you don't think like you need to build a church kind of Wednesday nights. And okay, hope I didn't pull you out of denial. Hope, but but it was one of those Wednesdays. And God dealt me about the scripture Mark. I'm heading somewhere. I just got my thought back. About the alabaster box. And the Bible says in Mark 14, it was full of precious ointment. And the Bible says that she broke the box and began to pour it upon the Lord. I've never heard an audible voice in my life. I've never heard God speak to me out of a burning bush. But I know what the Holy Ghost sounds like, if that makes sense. I'm not trying to be, you know, whatever. I'm just trying to say, I understand when it's God talking to me, when it's Jason talking to me. I understand the difference. I was on the right side of our platform during praise and worship service. And slim crowd, a lot of sickness and things going on. We'll talk about that in just a second. But... Holy Ghost just dealt with me. He said, you need to go look at that scripture because what flows out of brokenness I find precious. You understand? We got this mindset that we don't want to be broken. But it's the worship that flows from your brokenness that the Almighty finds precious. There's something about your tears and your praise in the midst of your calamities that God Almighty views as very precious in His sight. My favorite part about that story in Mark 14 is this. It made some folks mad. And said, why was the waste of this ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and given to the poor. And they murmured against her. Sad to say, there'll probably always be that. But don't let that stop you. Because the worship that comes from your brokenness, God sees is precious. My favorite thing is Mark 14 and 6. Jesus said, let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. Mark 14 and 8. If this scripture is in the Bible, it's in there for Jason Campbell. Jesus said, she hath done what she could. Oh, my God. It may take everything you can do just to make it to the house of God. But Jesus said, you leave her alone. She's done what she could. I may not be able to clap like I used to clap, but do what you can, my God. I may not be able to sing like I used to sing, but do what you can, my God. 
Hallelujah. Don't let. Brother, sister, just do what you can. Just do what you can. Sing what you can. Pray what you can. Come what you can. God understands the season that you're in. He's just looking for you to do what you can do. I wish every hand would get lifted up right now. Somebody call on him right now. Somebody call on him right now. Hallelujah. 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 One thing that you can't afford to lose is your vision. I close. If I can get our musicians to come, you can be seated for just a moment. Don't forget your past experiences. Don't let the storm stop you. Remember Judah is your lawgiver. Some about praising God in difficult situations brings authority into the atmosphere. And I believe it hold off the enemy until Shiloh comes. And then realize that it's the worship that flows from your brokenness that God sees as precious. Through this season, through this season, we've got a 17-year-old girl at our church. She went to camp in June or July. And she came back home and she was coughing. We thought at first she's kind of, you know, got all those kids in the dorm and they just caught something from a different kid. But she just coughed and got to be worse. She was hurting when she coughed in her chest. So they took her and they did a CAT scan. And they found a mass like here. And they diagnosed her with a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And so she is... Uh, a friend of my daughter's, we we pastored them since she was, they started coming, one of the first families we were able to, and their kids and our kids have grown up together. So it, it rocked our church. And she's had to undergo chemotherapy. And I wish, I should have brought her this weekend because I, she is, why I'm preaching this. Her name's Kylie. And I asked Kylie two Sunday nights ago to stand up and testify. Her hair's gone. She had beautiful red hair like my red head. And uh, she has kind of a, a wig thing now, a little headband you can't hardly tell unless you just know. But she stood up, and there was something that flowed out of that testimony that, that touched my soul. Not one time did she do, my wife can testify, there's not one time that she's done a why me or why am I having to go through this or, you know, God, I went to camp 
you know, it's, but Jerry's just, she's not once, not once. She stood up and she said, I really only had one prayer, she said, when all this first started. And she said, God, I know that you're able to keep my hair so I don't lose my hair. And then she said it began to fall out in just a couple of days. She said it was all gone. But something came out of her mouth, Bobby. She said, it's just hair. And she said it'll grow again. So she said, God, if I got to go through this because there's some boy or some girl at our hospital that needs my faith, she said, God, I know woo, that you're able to heal me. But if you just want me to be a light through this, she said, that's just what I'll do. She had every right in the world. She found out this week she's going to Jacksonville from December 9th to January 9th, she has to take radiation over in Jacksonville. She don't stop just long enough to go down to HYC with us. But Brother Kirsten, when I pray, I hear her voice saying it's just here. Set your affection on things above, not on things of this earth. We don't look at the things that we can see, but the things that are unseen. For the things that we see are temporal, but the things we can't see are eternal. She's the one who told me. She's the one that put this message in me, Bobby that you may lose your sight, but don't lose your vision. Not only has she not gone backwards while battling cancer, if you come to Westfield Wednesday night, she's working with our kids in children's church. Our teens work with our smaller ones, and she's there. My wife, my wife took her. Jordan's been teaching Sunday school. I'm okay, I'm all right. My wife took her in a Sunday school class. My wife said, I thought it put a hook in her. Kylie's teaching Sunday school next quarter, taking on toddlers. Not one time has she complained. Not one time has she murmured. She refused to allow this season of losing her sight cause her to lose her vision. I am here this morning. There's something so strong on me. I'm trying to help somebody. The one thing worse than losing your sight would be losing your vision. Not only can you survive the season that you're in, but you can thrive in the name of Jesus.
I ask if you would stand. Hallelujah. It is 12, 13, I don't know. The normal time we get out of here. I don't know. But I'm asking somebody today. I, I'm not in the loop. But I feel like there's somebody here. That it's been one of those kind of seasons for you. And I'm asking. I may not be reaching for everybody. But I'm reaching for you brother. I'm reaching for you sister. So just join us in just a moment around the front. But brother I'm broken. Yes you may be. But the worship that flows from your brokenness. Is precious in the sight of God. You've got every reason to stay there. You've got every reason to not answer this altar call. But I want somebody to get a hold of you and bring you down around the front. And as this praise team begins to sing, would you lift your voice, lift your praise, Brother Campbell, I can't even say anything. All I can do is cry. Then let your tears fall. The one thing you can't afford to lose is your vision. Oh, let our praise come from you this morning. Let our praise come from your soul this morning. Reach down way deep and begin to call on the name of the Lord. Come on, everybody. Come on, reach out and touch you. Reach out in the name of the Lord. Woo! Yes. Yes. I'm not going to lose my vision through this. I'm not going to lose my joy through this. I'm not going to lose my peace through this. Hallelujah. 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 I've come to tell you he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Praise me until I get there. Come on. Woo, come on. Out of your brokenness, out of your despair, lift up a prayer, lift up a praise. No matter what, no matter what, until these calamities are gone, I'm going to exalt you. I'm going to praise you. Woo! Yes! Right now! This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. 
Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.